Welcome to episode 6 of the Mostly Skateboarding Podcast. Today's story comes from Donnie Barley, who likely needs no introduction, but for those who don't know, Donnie is a legendary East Coast street skater who had a long career as a pro, had a part in Easter Exposures 3, and Welcome to Hell, where the 180 Switch Smith grind became known as the Barley grind. I was just newly acquired on the Toy Machine Squad, thanks to Satva and Jamie Thomas and Ed Templeton and Muska. And it was just like pretty crazy. Um, I, it, it all seemed like a dream, you know. They had just put out that one um, heavy metal video. At that time, Toy Machine was under Tomietto, as well as Foundation being under Tomietto. And it, they just started Tomietto. And um, they had their own web address and their own web store and stuff. And I, at the time, I was like, what is that, you know? So it was a long time ago. <laughs> so I got news that I was going to hit the road for like a little mini toy machine type thing and that it was going to be a collaboration tour with some of the foundation guys. Man, I was just like super thrilled because um, we were, I was always in the foundation, the old foundation video that they made. And I remember Jehovah lived near me in the early days and he was on foundation for a while. And I just dug it. So all of a sudden... Um, starting this tour and it's like me, Keith Kirchart, Mike Ballard, Paul Sharp. And then that's where I'm struggling with, you know, who else was there? Josh Beagle was there. And dude, I always loved Josh Beagle when I was growing up too. He was super sick. At one point, Steve Barrow was there for a couple of days. So I don't remember, I don't remember Steve being there for, for too long. Um, and Frank kind of came and left and then, I do remember he rolled his ankle, and it was like the burliest rolled ankle I ever saw. Um, and so he didn't skate that much, and he wore the same outfit for like the whole trip. Yeah, he wore a blue Penn State T-shirt and brown, light brown dickies for like two weeks straight or something. It was just, it was super hilarious. That was like, he was just down for it, and he like laughing about it, like, "Dad, I've changed." Uh, and um, so I was definitely like in some sort of a dream in the car with these guys and wearing a toy machine t-shirt and just like this is crazy it's just so thrilled you know we had to do like a bunch of demos and I remember skating a parking lot with Paul Sharp and he's gnawing over guardrails and just 50 gallon drums and Wow, man, I was just like so in love with this dude's pop. It was crazy. And then like sitting next to Frank Harada because I think he was there for part of the tour. And that was crazy because like he had a sick part in this old Sims video. And I, I, he skated the playground skate park and I think he might have won the contest. And one of the first dudes I saw doing switch 360 flips like super gnarly. And so, yeah pretty crazy um like company and then mike ballard is like this super mellow photographer guy and i saw his photographs and um and i was just like geez man that's crazy wait i get to shoot with this guy maybe something will happen you know and then and then he kirchart was there and i was like whoa you know because i saw a couple of those old birdhouse videos and so i knew who he was and he, you know, just like, wow, you know, cool. Part 
of this Tomieto tour was that some kids were able to compete in some sort of a contest, and if they won, the tour would end up at their house for, like, dinner. So it's funny. I feel like we were in Ohio, maybe. You did the demo, and then there's, like, Joey, the kid that won the contest or something, and he's there with his big brother, and he's there with his mom and his dad, and he's just kind of sort of shitting bricks because all of us are there and we're all going to, like, carpool over to their house and hang. <laughs> and I'm, like, the new guy, and I'm just kind of like, well, this is this is crazy. I didn't know if that was the way the tours went or, I don't know, it was just all new. So we go to this guy's house, and we're hanging out in, like, I think it was Ohio. We're just, like, all in this person's living room, and, like, Josh Beagle's talking to, like, the mom and the dad. So we're at the family's house in, like, suburban... Ohio, white picket fence, you know, every house is two or three bedroom with the, like the split level house or whatever. You walk in and there's four steps down to the basement and five steps up to the living area type thing. So all of a sudden, like the older brother, probably like 19 or something, and the kid's like 14 or 15. So the kid's like getting autographs from everybody, taking pictures, and mom and dad are like, mom's like in the kitchen with an apron. She's, um, fixing up some hot dogs or something for us. And the dad's just kind of like mustache, blue collar type dad or something. So the older brother, he was like kind of talking like punk rock music with Mike Ballard or something. He was kind of a little gothy, a little punk rock, kind of a little dark, maybe a little tough looking. So he comes out of the woodwork with this tattoo gun. And he was just like, all right, let me give somebody a tattoo. Everybody's just kind of like, uh, you know, and I actually had um, tattooed my left pointer finger with like a jailhouse style tattoo gun when I was in Santa Rosa back like a year or two before that. My friend Brent was tattooing it. We were kind of doing it together, but I just wanted to put a B on my finger. I was inspired and the tattoo gun, this is in Santa Rosa, right? So the tattoo gun was just like, like I said, like a jailhouse kind of tattoo gun. So it's kind of, kind of cool, but it worked out all right. But then when it healed up, there was like some blotchy spots. It was a little bit hard to make out the B. It's a B with a little D in the inside of it. So just my initials, like DB. Uh, so I have this tattoo that's a little mangled on my finger. And we're in Ohio at, at the house there. And the guy says, who wants a tattoo? And I'm thinking like, I don't even know. You know, who's stupid enough to let this guy... I don't know. I just didn't look. I don't know. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, wait. You know, that's like a pro, you know, like a real legit tattoo gun. So I'm like, well, maybe I can, like, see if he can just touch up that little part of the B on my finger, you know? So I'm like, no, you know, I don't know. And then I think I mentioned it to somebody, and then somebody's like, well, just do it, and we can get the photo. Oh, Ballard. Ballard wanted the photo, I think. Yeah, we're all just kind of huddled over. I get my finger touched up. And it actually looks okay. No, no big mistakes or anything. And the, the 19 year old kid or whatever is just kind of like, yeah, you know, cool. Anybody else want a tattoo? I'm like, all right, well, this thing's kind of bleeding a little bit or whatever. I'm going to get like some toilet paper in the bathroom. And then the mom's like, oh, go downstairs. There's Neil Sporin. Like just go in this closet. The older kid's like, yeah, my bedroom's down there, but don't go in there. And I was like, all right, you know. So I go down, like, the stairs. There's a bathroom. I go in the bathroom. 
I get a Neosporin and I'm like putting it on my finger and I grab a Band-Aid and I'm like, I'll just cover this up with this Band-Aid. And I'm like, kind of, well, this place is cool. Like in this little basement sort of area, but it's all finished and it's neat. You know, one room had like the paneling and the deer head and it was like the little downstairs den area. And then their bedroom was over on the other side. And um, so I like just kind of walked over to the door and kind of peeked in. And then there's like a closet in front of me that's kind of open. I look and there's like a gun rack in the back of the closet. And I see a couple couple of rifles and like a 12 gauge or something. And I'm like, oh, shit. You know, or these guys are all into hunting or something, you know. And then over on the side of the left of the closet was this like white kind of robe thing and I like sort of crept over a little bit and I like was trying to see inside the closet and then I looked into the bedroom through the crack in the door and I see this huge freaking red swastika like on the wall it was cloth banner of a swastika and I was like whoa I saw it and like my stomach disappeared fell on the floor or something just like this huge pit in my stomach because I thought it just like spooked me you know and then I'm like holy shit so then I look at the closet and I'm looking looking there and I see that there's like these two KKK robes like side by side and um you know once again like my blood turns to like ice water like the hair on the back of my neck's kind of standing up and I'm like I was sudden like feeling super nervous and like spooky. Like we found out they were aliens or something and we had to find a way to secretly leave before they knew that we knew they were aliens. I don't know. It was trippy. I went upstairs and like I could feel like the heat on my forehead and my face and like just kind of, I don't know, we must have hung out there for like probably an hour and a half or something. Well, you know, everybody's like eating a hot dog and drinking a couple cold ones and stuff and um. I just could not even budge the whole time. I'm just like this clam, you know. I just couldn't get over like how the spooky feeling I had. And then we get in the, the the car and we're driving away, and everybody's like, you know, talking about how like awkward it was, and you know. But it's funny because Josh Beagle was like just all smiles the whole time. He, I don't know. I remember him being like just happy guy, you know. So he was kind of having fun with the fact that it was a little awkward. I think. But um, I was, nobody knew why I was so awkward. And then I told them, you know, like, oh, man, I went in the basement and, like, I saw the swastika. I saw the rifles in the closet. And then I saw, like, KKK robes. And, like, whew, like, it was nuts, man, you know. And, yeah, everybody was tripping pretty hard on it. Um, We were all just kind of, like, driving away from the scene. And, like, I don't know, Ballard was driving. I think we kind of, like went faster down the highway to kind of improve on our distance away from those people. Thanks to Donnie Barley for sharing his story. Eastern Exposures 3 had a huge impact on me as a kid, so it was really rad to talk to Donnie for the podcast. For this episode, I want to recommend The Hood Internet. They make mashups of indie rock and hip-hop that are a lot of fun to listen to. If you like girl talk, you'll probably like The Hood Internet. Head to MostlySkateboarding.com for links to The Hood Internet and other show notes. You can follow Mostly Skateboarding on Twitter, Tumblr, and the blog for daily skate radness.